0: I'm your host, Aaron Groves, and this is where your positivity journey starts. Welcome to the Pop Podcast. All right. Hey, 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 guys. And welcome back to The Pop Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Groves. And back by popular demand, I have a guest that third time's a charm. You've been on the podcast three times. We know that there's value in this person talking. And to give a little bit of context before I introduce the guest who, for a lot of you who have been listening since day one, once I introduce you, you'll know who he is. But Mike and I have a lot of conversations, probably weekly, about my podcast guests and just life in general. And I know I talk and reference him a lot, but he was really the first person that came into my life that opened up my eyes to entrepreneurship. And we have a lot of conversations and banter back and forth. And today's topic, we wanted to focus around hard work. He always says that hard work is overrated. We're probably going to get into an argument or a little bit of banter back and forth throughout the episode. But This was sparked by A, reading a book that I know I posted about on entrepreneurship and B, just our conversations that we had. And I thought, why not bring him on to A, talk about the hard work or the myths around hard work, and then B, talk about the expectations I think society puts on us. And as entrepreneurs, we tend to challenge those boundaries. So, Mike Flanagan, welcome back to the podcast. Say hello.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me. Hopefully... (laughs) Everyone's not tired of hearing my uh, my opinions because <laughs> there's no shortage of them.
0: <laughs> He's going to write a book. I'm go- gonna, going to convince him to write a book because he seriously has an art for leadership and mentorship. And I know from everyone that's listened to his episodes, everyone loves your episodes. They do really well, and I think it's because you give a tangible, like tangible advice to people, and B, it's all very logical. And so my first question is to you. I know we had this conversation offline, but you talk a lot about hard work being overrated. Explain to the audience in more detail on why you have that opinion, and then we'll go from there.
1: Okay. Um, You know, I mean, I think I say that in jest in part because I think there is an importance to hard work, but there's such an emphasis put on it from the time you're born through Athletics and school, and then work and get a job. Um, that I found myself through time finding that there's more important things than hard work. Um, and the whole idea of just putting your head down and grinding, you know, doesn't always get you where you want to go. And you see that, you know, in a lot of different situations. Um, and I think there's some situations where hard work is going to be more important and pay greater dividends. In other situations where it's not, um, and one of the first things that comes to mind, you know, around that, and I talked to you a little bit about it, was is your environment, and just, you know, making sure that you're putting yourself into an environment in which your hard work will pay off. Um, and you know, if you've had a corporate job or you've been in athletics, uh, or or particularly, uh, you know, athletics where you don't excel, you know, you're you're a short basketball player, whatever you you need to be, you'll find that it really wouldn't matter how hard you worked. You're still never going to compete with the top tier, even the middle of the tier people, just depending on what, what it is you're involved in. So I think figuring out, you know, an environment that's probably most important. Um, and then, you know, I think second to that um, is probably kind of looking within at what you're good at. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Where can you excel? Um, and if you can match those two things up, then your, you know, odds of success would be significantly greater than, you know, had you just worked hard. And I, I see it. I mean, I coach wrestling for a little bit. And I mean, I, I had a lot of kids that worked hard and that's a important factor in wrestling no matter what level you're doing it at um but you know inevitably you're you're looking around and you're going wow this guy works twice as hard as anyone else yet he doesn't do as well as player b so player a you know but so i just think there's so many things that come into success and it's always hard work hard work hard work and again i think it plays a role but what that role is, as I've looked around, um, you know, has diminished a little bit. I think it's a little bit of kind of a um, almost lower middle class myth, you know, where it's, it's something that you your parents teach you. And so you just kind of go out and do it. Um, I think everybody would be a little better served if we spent more time talking about figuring out who you are, your strengths, your weaknesses, and then, um, what environment you could get into that would allow you to have the most success possible. Um, and I, it's a difficult decision. I mean, I could go on and on, but like, when you talk to your kids about that, like, you don't want to, your kids are going through school. You're not going to have this conversation with them at 13, at 15, at even 17, because it's, it's going to be important for them to work hard in school. It's going to be important for them to work hard at their first job. It's going to be important for them to work hard at all of these things. But down the road, there's a time to have a conversation probably surrounding the things, the two things that we just kind of discussed, which is environment and then, you know, really going internal and figuring out what it is you, you do well. And just to touch on that, I mean, I, I read something out too long ago and the person was just talking about what he called skill stacking. And he said, you know, if you're good in math, that's great, but it's very difficult to make a living just being good at math, right? So you go out and you learn accounting skills. And so now you're doing, you know, some accounting for people, maybe low-level tax returns or whatever. And you go out and you become a CPA. So now you're doing CPA. So you're accounting and, and you're doing that. And then maybe you learn like a tax strategy. So now you know you're you've got tax strategy your CPA, and now you're starting to do things for people that make millions or businesses that make hundreds of millions. Uh, and, and, and all of those skills together are going to be much more important than any individual skill. And I think maybe in a lot of cases, people don't continue to kind of develop that, that stacking. They kind of find something that they're okay at. They work hard and they just kind of hover in that that space. So those are kind of my initial thoughts just around hard work and why I always kind of joke, not joke, that hard work's overrated.
0: It's it, And there's probably people out there listening. It's easy for someone who's had a lot of success to look back and say hard work is overrated. And I know he didn't say this, but he always says he does it for the shock value. But the point of this entire thing is that even for me, I have worked a tiresome amount of hours. Mike knows this. Working hard, putting myself out there, working multiple different jobs. Am I saying that all of that hasn't benefited me? No, that's not the point. But had I known what I know now and just talking with Mike and really what am I actually good at and then putting pressing the gas pedal on that, I think it opens up a different level of success. And I know you and I have talked about skills versus traits. And I read this in the book that I was reading, but he made a really interesting distinguish between the two of traits are things that you're born with, things that you are because of the the life that you've lived. And then skills are things that can be taught. And one of the most interesting things I read was that most entrepreneurs were born this way. It's just things that are innate to who they are. And I know you're probably going to challenge me on this, but what did entrepreneurship teach you about hard work? that you didn't know in the corporate world?
1: Well, I mean, to your first point, just about whether you're born with it or not, I I, I agree with that. I think there's traits that you're born with and skills that you learn. Um, the, the the traits is kind of the nature versus nurture, right? Yeah. What you're born to do. And that that comes back to kind of what we we're talking about, where you kind of deep dive into yourself and figure out who you are, what you're good at, and all those kind of things. And then, you know, your traits will help you know, lead you to doing what you want to do. And then you'll, you'll learn those skills. Um, but as far as entrepreneurship in the corporate world is so structured, you know, so there's a couple of things that, that come to mind. One is you don't really have to think your, your workload is there, you know, you you have to think a little bit, but the motivation, here's what you have to do. You know what you have to do in order for them to view you as being a good employee or having success. As an entrepreneur, you have to be efficient um, and you have to be effective. You can't just be busy. In a, in a, in a, in a job, a lot of times you can just be busy. You, you get your list of things done and you get paid to do that. As an entrepreneur, you have to figure out what is the most important thing in your day and what is going to return the biggest ROI on your time and focus on getting those things done certainly first and trying not to get caught up in the busy work. So I think I always felt like in my corporate job I was always trying to stay busy because that's what was considered hard work, right? Came early, stayed late, emailed early, emailed late, whatever it was, but it was mostly just becoming a professional at being busy. Um and as an entrepreneur, if you become a professional at becoming efficient and effective, you don't, the workload diminishes significantly over time as you build, you know, also because in corporate, depending on what you're doing, you know, it, it always resets, right? So you always have to keep starting at zero or a new baseline or whatever it is. Um, and I'm thinking along the line of sales, probably mostly since that's my experience, but I think that's true with a lot of those jobs, whether it's tasks or whatever. So that's kind of where I realized like, okay, as an entrepreneur. You're you being effective and efficient is more important than you being busy or quote unquote hardworking. And I think it depends also, like, there's some things that hard work's important. If you're a doctor and you do get paid for the amount of patients you see, you're going to work hard every day, you know, for a very long time. When you lawyers probably similar, accounting maybe, but and, and probably lots of other jobs. When you become an entrepreneur. And you're looking at a scalable business, things like leadership, team building, surrounding yourself with the right people, all those things become the most important. And then as you do that, your workload diminishes. You're now allowed to focus on the one thing or the two things that you're really good at as everyone else has kind of picked up, I guess, where you're weak. So if that makes any sense at all.
0: And it brings it back to my initial, our initial statement of skills versus traits. And so I think, and it feeds right into the corporate world that you were talking about. Feeds right into the myth of hard work because I think we automatically associate hard work with being busy. Right. If I'm super super busy, then that means I'm super super hard working. When in my mind, if I can be an efficient in four hours and get everything done, then why do I have to stay here for eight? And I think that's another thing too that I feel. I was taught is that it was about the number of hours spent, not the number of productive hours. What is your opinion or feedback on that? And what advice would you give for people? Because I do think it's not talked about at all. I've never listened to a podcast or read a book that actually breaks that down and says, instead of teaching people to work 10 hours a day and be busy to be hardworking, actually work four productive hours and then go be creative and do something else with your life.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's also kind of an American thing too. I mean, I think if you look at European countries, you know, it's kind of that we work to live, not live to work. And I don't know how you change that culture, but here it is exactly that. Like the more you work, the harder you work, the the better you are. And uh, that's, it's really tough in a corporate setting to get out of that because that's just the way it's viewed. And you have a lot of levels and a lot of people that have to justify jobs. Um, So, you know, when you get into something on your own, even if it's some sort of sole proprietorship, or, you know, if you do construction or handyman work and you can do it on your own, it does allow you to be much more efficient and less just busy.
0: What, books, ideas, practices, would you advise people who are in a phase of uncertainty and finding out what they're really good at? So if they're out there and they're working hard, like me, you give me a lot of good advice because I'm always working really hard, but then I found the podcast and something clicked. And now I understand what you've been telling me for the last three years. So what would be your advice to people out there on finding things that they're really good at?
1: So I'll go on a little bit of a tangent here because it seems like for me, I knew what I was interested in, but it took me a long time to realize I was good at it and then actually kind of take the leap to do it. So why you, why we, for all the reasons that we're talking about, right? I grew up lower middle class, hard work. No one really said go internal and figure out what your strengths and weaknesses are and where you could thrive or whatever. Um, so i just you kind of just go through you take the first job and i knew it was probably going to be sales you know people were like oh you'd probably be a decent but i wasn't you might be surprised but you know i'm not a real like i'm not a talker i don't just meet everybody and i'm not inherently interested in asking a lot of questions and getting to know just anybody so i wasn't sure but you know, I went from one sales job to what appeared to be a better sales job. Most of it was industry based. You know, um, what's interesting about sales is if you sell janitorial supplies, you're going to do the same job as someone who sells mutual funds. The only difference is because of the industry, you might make 60000 and they may make 260000 So, you know, that's just, again, when you're looking at things, and this is why there's so much, you know, kind of wrapped around this whole hard work and success model is that's a whole nother thing. And that probably comes back to environment. Okay. I'm good at sales. What environment, you know, am I going to kind of be best at? So as far as like, I mean, I really would just say spend more time and in, in specific books, it doesn't even matter. The more you read about subjects that you're interested in, the more you'll find. So if that's politics or religion or money, whatever it is that you're interested in, as you start to hear other people's views, you'll start to evolve and develop kind of your own views and thoughts. And you'll go, OK, I agree with a lot of these things, but not all of them. I agree with that. And then this is kind of what I think. And then that'll kind of guide you to to where you need to be. And for some people, that's going to happen in their 20s. One of the things that I hate is that people think that they're supposed to know what they want to do or are going to do so young. And you really do have lots of time. I mean, even if you have a friend who ends up 10 years ahead of you financially or, you know, we'll just talk financially since that's kind of what we're talking about. That can flip in, in, in a year, in two years. Ten, year 12, you can figure out what you want to do. And by year 14, you could have gone to the moon, you know, with with your idea and you know, made more money than they made in, in 15 years. So that's that's the money side. And I think it's also important to keep in mind that since we, we're always talking about money, it's really only one measure of success. And so you have to kind of align yourself that way too. You know, if you're most satisfied raising kids like are you a good parent are you a good friend are you a good sibling or you know all of these things take time so it's always give and take right so if if economics or finance or money is most important that is going to take away from other things so you know just keep that in mind but in general i just say read you know as much as you can and then just spend more time thinking about what you enjoy, what you like, what you're good at, and where you can excel, and then look around at the environments that you think that would be b- best utilized. Maybe it's a startup, maybe it's a larger corporation. You know, It could be a number of things. It just depends on who you are.
0: You make a really good point about reading books, and I think there's a lot of people who read all these books, and they automatically think they have to do every single thing that that person is doing to be successful. And you and I talk a lot about controllable and uncontrollable things. And you always say that there's it's life isn't black and white. There's not one way to be successful and one way to not be successful. There's a lot of gray area. Will you elaborate more on why you feel that way?
1: Well, I just feel like I feel like most of these areas are gray. And one of the things I struggle with the most is, and I can talk to this about real estate and this may touch on what you're saying, but what what I'm seeing now is because I'm old enough, is something I saw, you know, 15, 20 years ago, which is there was a real estate kind of boom. And then people started putting out books about it And, and they're doing it now with books, podcasts, blogs, whatever. And I would just, the cautionary tale here is for me when people start to put out here smart rich people spend their time where it's going to be best utilized so if people who made their money in real estate are now selling books or what do they call it master classes or whatever on how to buy real estate just be very cautious of that because they probably made their money in an environment that no longer exists. And that's not to say you can't do it the same way, but something's probably going to have to pivot, right? So if they made it in single family houses where you could buy a house in the Midwest for the price of a car, well, you can't do that anymore. So you may be making your money in Airbnbs. You know, that might be the the way. And I'm not giving advice on that, but it's it's interesting because I'm noticing now just a number. So if you didn't live in the nineties, you're not going to know this, but like there's a guy named Carlton sheets that had an infomercial, which was great because that's what got me interested in real estate. Now, all the things that he talked about in his classes were things that were not easily done. And and maybe even that's okay, but very few people that probably bought that course had any success generated from that. And I would just say, be cautious about that now, because there is a lot of gray, right? So we're talking about hard work. We're talking about environment. We're talking about, you know, deep diving and knowing yourself. Well, then you also need to wrap in luck and timing. Are you, I, I know, you know, people that were the sixth employee in their company and now they're the VP of sales. Did they work hard? I'm sure they did. Was it also the fact that they were the sixth employee and a company that now has 200,000 employees? that may have something to do with it as well. So I would just say, you know, I wish it was black and white. And when you buy a book or a course or whatever, that kind of takes you down this monolithic singular path and says, this is the way, especially because, you know, there's a new generation of 20 year olds every 20 years. So if you just turned 22, 25, and you're hearing about, how to be successful in whatever, um, you know, I just say, be cautious in it because it's probably the same old story to a new group. And there's probably a lot more to it. And that's not to say don't investigate it. Don't look at it, but it's more just like a cautionary tale that there's a lot of things that have to come into play. And this is what, this is why this conversation is so difficult, right? It's so much easier just to say, put your head down and work hard. And everything will work itself out. And I think to a degree it will. But, you know, I have an entrepreneur friend that's been, he's a serial entrepreneur. I mean, he's done it no great success. He's made a fine living, and I'm sure he would like to have done more. Um, but you know, he's probably made his own schedule, but he's had to work really hard at times, you know, because he just runs the whole show. So did he pick the wrong environment, right? Did he pick the wrong product? Uh, you know industry, whatever I don't know the answers to that um, And I don't sometimes I have this conversation I'm like, what really is your point here you know like <laughs> what what are you but my point is to kind of get people thinking. I think you have a better chance of success if you can take this all in and then kind of process it and then know what you're what you're looking at versus just kind of blindly going in and going, okay, I'm here working and I'm working hard, but I can see huge differences between the guy that's super successful sitting next to me and my success. And it doesn't have anything to do with how hard I work. Like I could work, you know, I I always tell that stupid story about the two farmers, right? You know, one's got the most fertile land in all of the valley and the other one's on a bed of rocks. Well, the Fertile Valley guy, he works for like four and a half hours. And I mean, he sells millions of dollars of crops to all the villagers. And the other guy, he's working like 20 hours a day and just can't figure out, you know, why he's only got seven beans to sell at the end of the week or the month. So I'm not a farmer. So it's probably a bad farming analogy, but it gets the point across about environment, I think. This is probably
0: one of my favorite things that we always go back and forth on. And he'll be the first to tell you, I challenged him on the topic of hard work. I did not believe him to my core. (laughs) I thought he was just saying that because he's reached the top, he's successful. He's pretty much retired now. He has a flexible schedule, so it's easy for someone at the top. But once there's things in my life and what you verbatim just spoke to of there's someone sitting right next to you, That works half as hard, but all the uncontrollable factors that you have no control over in your job right now, what time you got into the company, how old you are, they're all things that even I think about, I'm like... I can't control when my parents got married and had me. Like there there's so many things that you just can't control. But then there's people telling you, "Oh, well, work hard and do this and you can make a million dollars." I'm like, "That's literally not possible." And I I have a positivity podcast. So Mike sometimes is like, "You have a positivity to- podcast. You're not being positive." <laughs> and I think my mindset is just being realistic, and I think it's good to be optimistic, but where I think we miss we miss society as a whole is just feeding people lies and then they buy into it. And then they look back 20 years later and it's not like they're at square one. I'm sure their life is different, but I think if we put more of an emphasis on understanding who you are and I know Mike was probably, or this is a good question for you. um, Do you feel that you were in the right environment before you really knew what you were good at? Or do you feel like your two points were flipped? You knew yourself and then you were in the right environment.
1: Yeah, I think I think I I think I knew like what I enjoyed and what I liked. I wasn't doing it at the time, um, but I kind of knew. And then to be honest, like I had bought, you know, some real estate that did fine and would have done fine, you know, over the long haul. And that's that's even true now. I mean, but the problem is you know your timeline is going to be different from people prior to you. Um but of course, like when I was buying, like I said, I mean it was the. I mean, it, I didn't get in right away, like when the the housing market crashed. So I was a little bit late to it, but still early enough to to get involved in that. And I saw it, right? So I saw that opportunity, which is another thing that, like, for everybody, like you want to always be looking around at that, and you want to be you want to be doing two things. One is you want to be looking for opportunities, and two, you want to be preparing yourself to take advantage of them, because for a long time, I could spot opportunities, right? Oh. Look at that apartment complex. Like it's so cheap. Like you could make a killing. Oh, wait a second. You don't have any money. So (laughs) you're just, you know, going around going, there's an opportunity. There's so, you know, I, it's funny because I tell people like, they go, well, how did you get started real estate? My first 10 years was saving money. Like I'm literally was saving every penny I had. I knew I wanted to buy 14 units. I didn't know 14, but I knew I wanted to buy multiples. Like, I knew I didn't just want to buy one and then one more. So because I wanted to try to have some level of scale right away, because I saw people that didn't have that and how frustrated they were with it. And so I would always say, like, they don't have a real estate problem. They have a volume problem, you know, so I knew I needed to have have volume when it came to to real estate. But again, I was, there's some luck and timing there, right? You know, I met some people, but again, it's because you're moving in that direction, right? It's because I bought the 14 units and we've had this conversation. So that's why I had a reason to talk to people about it. That's why when there, that became an opportunity, I was looking in, in that industry to take advantage of it. So there definitely is a, a part of that. Um, and, you know, that that's the other thing I, because you kind of mentioned it, which is, Of looking at people that are in a different situation, I think young people have to be really careful about doing that when they're looking at people older than them because you can go, Oh, they're smarter than me, they're more successful than me, they're richer. And a lot of times, that's not the case, you're just behind them, right?
0: Yeah, age,
1: as I was talking before, like in two years, something could you know, it could change drastically. In 10 years, like I look at myself, and 10 years from now, I mean. I should doing nothing. I should be worth twice as much as I'm worth now. Right. So someone else is they got to just wait 10 years. I mean, and that's not to say you're just waiting around, you know, doing nothing. But the point is, is that you're just behind them. So there's, there's very few ways for someone that young to be matched up with someone 10, 15, 20 years older than them, particularly financially.
0: And this is where I'm for hard work because he just touched on opportunities. So if you're not working hard and you're not putting yourself in situations and you always say moving in a direction, you're not going to come across those opportunities. So I think that's where, and I'm sure there's people listening like, okay, you guys are just, you're going on a tangent here. And I, I, this is where I will fight him on this because I think had I not worked hard, had I not built the relationships that I have, I wouldn't be in the situations I'm here now. But what I wish... I knew now like five years ago. And I know Mike always says, you know, more at 25 than I did at 40. It's always that thing. I wish I knew this then and everyone's timing. You're at the right place at the right time. But I just think it's really interesting because had I not met Mike, I would have never probably had these eye-opening experiences that I was personally feeling. And you and I talk a lot about this too, of, entrepreneurship can feel lonely and surrounding yourself with the right people. And he has been one predominantly the main person and a few others that I feel like I can go to because they understand. And for 25 years of my life, I never understood why I felt different, confused. I felt like I was overworking to overcompensate for not being in the right environment And my question is to you is, was there a light bulb moment? I know you touch on this on a different episode, but I want you to be more specific. A time when you knew in your corporate job that this is not for me, this is not the environment because I think differently than everyone else.
1: So I always felt that way. So, but going through from what age, for, uh I mean, from my first, for, so I won't say that I felt like I knew exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew I saw things different early on. Like my first job, so 25, probably 26, my first like real job and I worked for like a cable company for a year or so. And, <laughs> but like my first sales job was selling copiers. And that was the first place I remember looking around and people were telling me Oh, you know, if you work hard, you know, you can achieve what some of these other guys have. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm looking at selling copiers, right? And the equipment's leased. So I have no current customers are like, listen, there's downtown one, downtown two, you have downtown three. So you have everything that these guys don't have. And I'm like, oh, okay, this sounds great. <laughs> I start calling on these people. They're like, oh yeah, we, we have a a copier but um we're in a 48 month lease like all this i'm like they're like but if you come back at the end of the lease well you can talk about maybe switching so you're not only fighting like and then so then i'm looking at these other guys that they have all current customers they're just they're renewing leases all the time right they got they got 80 180 whatever and i'm like and i'm selling fax machines because that's the only thing people will buy now i just age myself for all of you that don't even know what a fax machine is and so I was like, so I'm making, you know, I'm paying the bills selling $400 fax machines while these guys are selling copiers for tens of thousands. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, they're not wrong, but I'm going to have to be here a really long time selling fax machines before I start developing any kind of base so that, you know, I could look around and go, okay, there's six great territories, three average, and then all of us newbies that are just too stupid to... To figure it out, so you just kind of felt like, and then it started being like, "Oh, well, you have a negative attitude." And I'm <laughs> like, "Okay, you know, one of us is wrong here, right? Either you're right, you know, I'm not realistic, I'm negative, and I'm never going to have success in anything because of my poor attitude, or you guys are leasing copiers to current customers that are just renewing the leases, and I'm selling fax machines. I mean, but I will say, young, it's hard. Like you're listening, going, maybe, it, maybe it is me, like." And it was even worse. Like, I remember a couple of times, like they would be, they had like a, a customer that they had talked to list. Right. So every time once in a while I get lucky, put this customer down, like one of these other people would be like, Oh no, no, no. That person, I know they have like, we sold boring, probably everybody, but Rico and whatever. And they sold they, they had a Canon copy. Oh no, no. I had them on my list. I have, I have talked to them a few months before you got here. I'm like, okay. So like, so I got out, right. And so, you know, I took a a job in pharmaceutical slash medical, and you know that was a much better job, better money, all that. And you do that for a while, and you're happy because it's such a better job. You know, you're making money and and this, that, the other. And again, I don't think I was doing any deep dives into who I was or anything like that. Um, but then one day, it, it would kind of started to feel the same. Um, whether it was, you know, a promotion you didn't get, and you're like, boy, or or maybe sales numbers you don't hit, and you're like. you know, I wish I had more control. I wish I had more control. You just felt like you didn't have enough. And that's when I always say it was a me problem because there's a lot of people that do that job, do that job well, are very satisfied doing it. You know, I was just always kind of that person that was always questioning, always wondering, always asking why. And, you know, in some of those settings, that's not really allowed. Like you do what, We tell you, the more you question, you know, again, you get the whole like, well, why are we doing this? That doesn't make any sense. Or like in that, if I was in that industry for so long, like we were doing things that didn't work like for the third and fourth time, like I'm like, okay, this doesn't make any sense, but just put your, collect your paycheck, be quiet, roll it back out. Here's a new program. Four years later, it's very similar to the program that didn't work four years earlier. Maybe the timing's different, you know, who knows? But So anyway, I mean, it's kind of a long answer to probably a more simple question, but for a long time, I kind of, you know, felt that way early. And then again, later to the, to, 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 until I got to, okay, I can't, I can't do this another day. And that's when I, I quit at that time. I probably had 50 units and had enough money to pay our bills without causing any harm to the fam.
0: (laughs) And this is where this podcast is going down the entrepreneurship route, because the more I learn about myself and the way I think, the more I align. And that's why everyone out there listening has seen a lot of entrepreneurs and super successful people that I'm interviewing, because I think the mindset is different. And I want to be a resource for everyone out there listening. Mike was my resource and I cannot put a price tag or I mean, the, the information and the time And the patience that he has given to me is so invaluable. And that sparked a lot of why I started this podcast, because I felt for so long, I was always thinking differently. I was always doing differently. I was the one working and babysitting when everyone else was going out. I was the one that was overworking and spending way too much time hardworking, because that's what I was told to do to be successful. And then he started... We started getting in conversation and now everything just makes sense. And for everyone out there listening, you're going to have that light bulb moment. And I'm not saying I truly don't believe that everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur. And at times, I don't know if you feel this way. I think it's harder because, kind of like I touched on, you do feel more isolated. And a question to you Do you feel it's harder to build genuine relationships with people, both personally and professionally? Because of the way you think, and because of challenging what ninety percent of society tells you to do,
1: yeah. So I mean, a couple of things. One is, and I'm gonna just go back to what you said earlier. Like, if you have something you like to do, whether I, I number one, I agree, not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. That's a hundred percent. So that's the first thing you would want to decide. Like, do I want to build a team? Do I want to lead? Do I want to direct? Do I want to hire? You know, and even if you do. You may want to be a coach, you know, I have no idea, but you definitely want to look at that because I don't think it's, it's for everyone. Second is just kind of to your mentoring point, which is if you have something that you like to do, find someone who's done it, do what they did. And if you're willing to do what they did, which is a big question, like I'm going to gloss over that, but are you willing to do what they did to get where they got? And if the answer is yes, then find someone who did it, do what they did, and more than likely you'll end up where they ended up. Um, and it's really not more complicated than that to me when it comes to a mentor. And I really think maybe the reason that it took me so long, I really didn't have anyone. You know, again, you're taught the you know, blue collar myth, whatever, the hard work myth, whatever you want to call it. And then you're just navigating. So really the changing point for me was. Reading. So like, I hated reading in school, I never finished a book through high school or college ever. Um, And and then I started reading in my 30s about topics that I was interested. And I mean, I touched on lots of stuff. But you know, money was a big one, right? So anything that had to do around money, whether it was investing or real estate, or just Rich dad, poor dad. You know they they mentioned that a, a lot on a lot of podcasts. Um, the millionaire next door taught some, I think, good lessons. Uh, they're you know they're arguing about that now whether or not <clears throat> which is better or all, but they're all good and they all get you thinking down the the right the right path. And to your real question which was kind of at the end. Yes, it is uh, a lonely, uh, particularly before you have any success because. It's when you're talking to people conceptually about money and what you want to do and success, and you don't have it, sometimes they can look at you like all the things I'm talking about when I was, you know, working and the, the way I felt there and how that was perceived as more negative than it was. You know, I'm thinking I'm realistic, like, you know, that program failed four years ago. Why did we do it again? Well, because you're negative, Mike. We don't want to we don't want to hear from you anymore. You know, we used to have a stupid thing called post call notes. Mike, no one uses them. It's a waste of time.
0: Oh, don't even well, get
1: You're going to do them. You're going to
0: do them. You're like, great. So um, I'm going to go. And you know what? And you know why they do that? Because it feeds into getting you busy. Because if you're busy yeah. and you're <clears throat> working 10 hours, then naturally you're a hard worker. And I'm like, no, it's all about working smarter people, not working harder.
1: Right. Yes. And then once once you have success well, then it becomes easier. You're not as, as lonely. You get to, you know, I mean, now people want to live like, Oh, okay. You know, you did it. But I mean, I can remember, gosh, I can remember there actually a guy that invests with me today, um, used to live in my neighborhood. And I remember I had just bought like my first group of houses. So at the time I had two little 14 complex, just started to buy single family homes. And he, I remember him asking me like, well, how much, do, you know, do you make? And I was like, I forget. I told him, I'm sure, because I'm pretty open about that stuff. And he's like, oh, my God. He's like, that doesn't even seem worthwhile. But he couldn't see, like, I had a vision, you know, to scale to 200, 500. And I knew that these were, this was the process. You know, he worked in, in the medical industry and he made really good money. Um, but I talked to him now because he invests with me. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't love, love what he does. And, one of the, the traps, even for your age group, is you get very successful very early, so you make a lot of money, and that prevents you from doing all the things that we just talked about doing. Like some of these things that we're talking about doing, m- people do out of necessity. You know, so if you get a job making two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you know, as your second job after getting out of college, you may never really think about it. You're making more than everybody. It won't dawn on you. So you're in your mid thirties and you're like, I still have the same five weeks of vacation or, or you are a person that just kind of likes doing that. And you're like, Oh no, this job is very satisfying to me. I make a good living, all of those kinds of things. So it definitely depends on, on who you are, but, uh, you know, one of the things that can delay that kind of self-search for strengths and weaknesses and passions and what you really want to do, is kind of early success. So that's always been kind of interesting to me to watch people that I probably would have been envious of, right? When I was the same age selling copiers and they just got a job with Medtronic. And you're like, what? You made $400,000 selling pacemakers and I made $40,000 <laughs> selling fax machines. So, but again, fast forward now, right? Like, I'm sure comp plans being cut. You know they've hired younger people, blah blah blah. So now he makes two hundred, still does the same thing, and I have gone a, a direction that that made me very happy, and and now here I am looking over, and I don't feel the same way, you know, about that that guy. I feel completely different, right? Like poor him. <laughs> so, you know, that's something that I would just be cautious for younger people to not avoid that process just because you're having greater success than maybe some of your peers.
0: It takes it back to environment. And so I think timing and the uncontrollables is so much of success that people have had. And this is again, where I do think hard work is important because I know Mike always jokes about it, but obviously he's a hardworking person. And I think hard working in the right environment, obviously is the, that's exactly what we're saying is the key to success. But One thing that I've noticed throughout every single interview that I've done, and I know this from you, is most entrepreneurs are not solely driven by money, which I personally think is a misconception, and I think that is how you know the difference between if you're a true entrepreneur or not. And I just have been thinking about this and journaling about this because I was reading in the book, but he was saying how a lot of entrepreneurs are just risk takers. They want to do things. They're ADHD, all these things that uh, some of it resonates with me, but they'll spend money and they don't do it 90% of the time for money. My question to you is, A, do you you agree with that statement? I agree. Yeah. And B, why do you feel that is the case Do you feel I need to stop asking two part questions, but do you feel it's because of a mindset of just how people are wired or do you feel it's because entrepreneurs are more long term minded versus short term minded? And I think money is an instant gratification, not a recipe for long term success.
1: Yeah, no, I would I would agree with that 100 percent. I mean, I know for me personally, it was more about freedom, right? Like I look around. You know, I we had a good life and we the money really wasn't, I mean, I would have always, you know, liked to have more, but even now, like I could continue to scale. And I've just kind of, you know, again, the freedom was why I did it. So for me now to achieve kind of that lifestyle and then go pile on a bunch of stuff that kind of takes that away just for incremental dollars, uh, for me doesn't make sense right now. Like I do think. One of the things, and I think successful people are different in this way, Um, like for me, I found like a place where it's enough. Um, And maybe if something kind of fell in my lap, I would take advantage of it. Or if there's an obvious opportunity, I'll I'll definitely, you know, take advantage of those things. But I found a place, you know, where I did what I did to achieve freedom. And then here I am. I do think entrepreneurs in general have a much longer term mindset, because most of the time, the early going is a lot of hard work, and it doesn't pay very well. So um, yes, so yes, and yes, to both of your points.
0: It's just an interesting thing that I was thinking about as you were talking. And I know it was kind of sparked by the book, but I was someone that went into sales, because I wanted to make a lot of money. And it wasn't until I actually got into this role, which for me, I totally thought was going to fulfill me. But when I really sat down, I know Michael make fun of me for all the journaling I do in a joking way, lighthearted, but it really made me realize that all the other things, the yoga and the podcast, I was overcompensating and working harder because I wasn't being fulfilled. And it brought me to the realization that maybe I'm really not driven by money. And this whole time I had you as a resource, and I think the thing About your life and why I follow almost everything you tell me to do is because it's freedom to me being able to do the things I want to do with the people I love is happiness. And if I can do the things now to get me there, that means so much more than having a hundred million dollars in the bank obviously we all have to be financially stable, but I think what really drives me is that freedom. And I never really understood that until you and I started having dialogue. And I know you touched on that a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think because when I first started, like all I wanted to do was just pay the bill. Like I just didn't want to have to go back on that, setting my alarm, you know, getting up schedule and then another conference call and a meeting about a meeting and a call about a call and all of the things that didn't fit what i wanted to do um i just so my goal was never like oh you know i'm going to be have a have this here or that there own these things it was always just like man if i could figure out a way to make four thousand dollars a month (laughs) I could pay for all the bills and even if we never did another thing, but just lived here, but I was doing what I wanted to do, I would be happy. And I was, I mean, for a really long time, you know, I was like, and you know, it it wasn't until in talking, I met a couple of people that were doing bigger things than I was. And I was like, okay. I I could take a project like that down. That's in my, you know, wheelhouse. And again, I, I mentioned this before, like, I probably didn't dream big enough. You know, I probably could have you know got bigger investors and gotten bigger complexes and things like that. Um, but, but I didn't, and I, I feel like I took advantage of the opportunities that were in front of me and did as much with the resources I had at the time. You know, I would have loved to bought, you know five hundred houses, not fifty, you know, but with what I you know had at the time, and no crystal ball knowing exactly what was going to happen in the future you know I felt like I, I was kind of at peace with you know what I what I did but it was never because I thought I was gonna make be a multi-millionaire or something along those lines it was always just for the freedom like I just want to do what I like to do when I want to do it and if I can make enough money doing that then I'm gonna go ahead and give it a shot um, and that's that's kind of what I did I mean it wasn't real deep it wasn't a real deep dive. It's like, all right, let's go.
0: Not sure. Mike's the most direct person. I appreciate it. But I do think too, and when you're listening to this episode, I know we're going a, a couple different ways, but the intention is to challenge the way you're thinking, to challenge the things that you're being taught. And if all you're doing is working hard, working hard, working hard, and you're not tuning into what am I actually good at? When people are giving you feedback, don't do what I did until like a month ago. And actually absorb that feedback, like listen to what people are telling you because they're on to something. And I know it's hard and I'm super hard on myself and I work on self-awareness a lot, but I think it's hard to look at ourselves and be like, oh, I'm really good at this or oh, I'm really good at that. So that's why I lean on people closest to me to say, hey, this is something you're really good at. Why don't you put more energy there? And that's when the gates start to open. And I'm not saying this is going to be an overnight success. How long did it take you to get to where you are today?
1: Oh, I mean, forever, like, I mean, it's a process, <laughs> like I, a job, another job, another job, and then, you know, saving and then, you know, investing and estate, so you yeah. have volume and then meeting someone. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a process until, you know, I was 40 years old. Now I would say, you know, late start had I like known real estate was my go-to and been more passionate and spent more time doing all the things that we're talking about, which is why I am kind of passionate about talking to young people and trying to at least give my take on life. And I always tell people too. like, I've only lived one way. So I can really only attest to what I've done. So if you're, again, looking for someone who had a startup at 27 and did that, then you'll have to talk to them because I can't really help you. You know, if you're looking at it for information on NFTs and crypto, I'm really not your guy. You know, I don't even know what they are. Like I just read something the other day that kind of made sense to me about NFTs to try to put it in like my world or my realm of of thinking, so. In a week, um, you'll have
0: like read a book and a podcast and figured out what it is. But I do think (laughs) your advice is not specific to real estate. And that's why when I have these guests on, I'm focusing more on the mindset, not exactly what they did. Because I think as for, for all, again, bringing this back to the audience, but everyone that's listening to this, what we're doing is not going to be exactly what you're doing, but it's giving you the ideas and opening up your mindset to different opportunities out there. And then you pick and choose what works for you. And I know for me, I see a lot of people like, I want to be just like this person. And I do think you can do a lot of the same things, but don't accept the, expect the same results because you're not them. If I try to do yeah. what Mike did with real estate, I probably would not have had the same success. It could have been way more. It could have been significantly less. So I do think that's another, and it ties back to hard work. Because if you work hard, you can be just like Mike. And yeah. I'm not Mike. So it's probably not going to happen.
1: Yeah, no, I think that, that's. I mean, those, those are like great points. I mean, even when you're talking about how conceptually when we talk about things from environment, uh, figuring out who you are, all, that, all those kind of things. So for me, right, it led me to real estate. For you, it led you to a podcast. I don't know shit about podcasting, <laughs> but the information that I shared with you was enough to make you go, oh, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is where I want to start and see where it goes. So yeah, I mean, I think that's valid in a a number of ways. And and I I gravitate towards people that again do and think like I do. So I've got a couple of really close friends that you know are either entrepreneurial or interested in it that I clearly talk to and have more in common with um, than than other people. But, you know, you, you talk and, and hang out and meet people for a number of different reasons. Those are just my favorite people to talk business or finance or money to because they're really kind of open to it. Uh, sometimes when you have those conversations um, with your friend group or whatever, if it's phrased the wrong way, oh, you, you love to talk about money or oh, you love to talk about your real estate or oh, you love. So you do have to find those groups that root for you like to do similar things, are trying to do similar things, and those are the people that you're going to have the best discussions with. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, this is kind of cliche, but you can find somebody doing better than you and and talk to them. That's always the best because you're going to get ideas from them. They're not going to be threatened, I guess, is the word, by your success or judge you for talking about something that you're just interested in, not, you know, trying to be braggart. So, and you know, I think especially when you're young, that's that's hard. As you get older, you can kind of navigate and and find out who those people are when you're young and you're all kind of like on this kind of level playing field. It's a little harder to identify that you kind of talked about an entrepreneur group that you were thinking about getting with or, you know, something along those lines, which I think is a great idea. I
0: wanted to, that was kind of what I wanted to put a bow on this episode. I know we've talked a lot about hard work, expectations, all the type of things that society, and I hope everyone, I mean, this is an episode that I probably forced Mike to do, but I just think it's such an important conversation to have because I've never had this conversation with anyone else. And I think when you actually challenge the things that everyone is telling you to do, that's where magic happens. And when you think back and you're like, why am I not having this success? I'm doing everything this person's telling me to do, but it's just not working. And it's like, newsflash, probably because you're either not in the right environment or you're not doing something that you're good at. And you didn't give this an, give this analogy, but I want you to give the sports analogy. I always use the phrase, I always use the analogy of LeBron James. Like, Even if I worked 24 hours in a day and I kind of stole this from you, I would not be LeBron James simply because of the way I was born and my genetics. There is nothing I could do to be as good as him. And I know it's an extreme analogy, but I want you to give yours because I think it's a good way in a good wake up call of that clicked when you gave your analogy to me.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's two things. One is like, I I, I remember re- like one of the first books I read was like by Rick Patino, and it was about basketball and coaching and all these things. I remember reading it and going, wow. Really interesting book, really cool, but none of this can translate into my current work environment, which was kind of a corporate job. No one's on scholarship afraid to lose it. No one's gonna play hard because they're afraid to get benched. Like I might even have been a divisional manager. I'm like, I can't none of this works for how I'm gonna motivate my sales team. Um and it it just kind of drew me into sports being a very it's it's compared a lot to like work and and I just couldn't find something more different, um, regardless of your, you know, size, shape, athletic ability, when you get into your adult life, into a, a, a working world, you you can, you can do, you know, a lot of things. You can have success in a lot of ways that maybe you can't have in sports, but for your comparison, like, you know, I, I, I made kind of the Tiger Woods, John Daly comparison, you know, and the fact that I don't know in sports you know that hard work makes a huge difference until maybe you're in that top 10, 20 percent. You know, you always hear the story about how hard Kobe worked or how hard Michael Jordan worked. Of course, we know Tiger Woods was had a phenomenal routine, and you know John Daly did not. Um, and there's rounds that John Daly finished ahead of Tiger Woods and even head to head had beat him, drinking beers and smoking cigarettes. It shows you that yes, hard work is something, right? But How many things, I don't know if you're ranking them, come ahead. Certainly in sports, talent comes first by a landslide. Then if you take two people with similar talent levels and you compare one that's hardworking and one that's not, the likelihood is that the hardworking one is is going to be more consistent and have more success. And I think that's kind of what you're trying to achieve almost maybe in your work world is getting yourself into an environment and knowing your skill sets enough that you're now competing maybe with similar levels of people. So now you can have similar levels of success, making sure that you're not in the wrong sport per se, which is kind of your point of being in the wrong environment or not understanding your skill set. So again, you're in the, you know, wrong environment because you didn't understand that. So that's kind of my, my sports analogy. It's I an think extreme that's talking about yeah,
0: that is what I'm talking about. And it is an extreme example. and it sounds over the top, But I had to use an extreme example. And I know Mike's example is a little extreme, too. but, when you take that into the workplace, I think it, it kind of just opens up your eyes. So if you're sitting and you're listening to this and you're feeling all of those feelings of, I, I don't feel I'm at the right place. I'm working so hard, but nothing's happening. Everyone's telling you, I've heard this a million times be patient, be patient, be patient. I know timing is a thing. I know when you're in your 20s, you're going to work hard. In your 30s, you're going to see the rewards. I do, and I believe, and I trust all of that. But I just think there's something to really understanding who you are. And I know Mike put environment over knowing yourself, and I switched the to, because for me, I felt like I really knew myself and then I got into the right environment versus vice versa. And so that's why, again, there's a gray area. There's no black and white. Yeah, Mike's way yeah, worked. I, my I, way worked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And I, I do think it's a gray area. I think either can come first. I think for a lot of people, and the reason I say this is maybe because I'm older too, is I think you can, you can go through a long period of time not knowing exactly what it is you want to do and i think that that's okay. For me it's probably a little easier to look around at your environment in a relatively short amount of time, you know, maybe that's a year, maybe that's two and go, you know what? I know this i know this is wrong. Like i don't know what's right yet, but i know i need to make a change and i think making those changes especially if you're young, i mean a lot of times you have to figure out what you don't want to do before you can figure out what you do want to do. So if you're really fortunate and you know you've always kind of known your direction. I have a niece who's always been fashion. She had a job, I think, at 20 full time. She went to fit 'em in LA. Like, never a doubt in her mind. She loves what she does. That's great. I got a son, but he doesn't have a clue, right? Like, sorry. Sorry, kids, but he's gonna he's gonna have to change his environment a few times, I think, to figure out kind of what he likes what his strengths are um, and, and what he wants to do and hopefully he'll he'll do it earlier than i did just from you know the information and advice i can give him about you know looking around and looking for opportunity looking at your environment figuring out who you are what you want to do what your strengths and weaknesses are you know what can be changed all those kind of things um and, and that gives you a head start versus having to just like anything else like figure anything else on you own. i mean You know, if I had to fix a car, I'd be in real trouble. Sure would be nice to have a mechanic to tell me what to do and what was wrong. And then if I had to do it again, I could probably do it again, or it certainly would speed up the process.
0: And it goes back, I think one thing that we didn't talk a lot about, but I feel is very undervalued. And I know it's talked about a little bit, but relationships. I think relationships are huge. And I think Hard work can be summed up in building good relationships and just putting yourself out there. I don't think hard work needs to mean I'm crunching a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet for 10 hours. I think if you're really putting yourself out there and you're meeting people. I mean, the the way I met Mike, I know I've told this before, if this is people's first episode, I met him for going to work at a bar that I never in a million years would have ever worked at. had I not lost my job previously and been in a bind? So it's just one of those universe things. And I do believe that you can achieve anything you put your mind to, but I, I just feel it's super important to question the way that you've been taught. And if you're repeating the same thing every single day and you're still seeing the same results.
1: Yeah. And, and, and absolutely. A On the relationship side just real quick is you know my first big investor was a physician that i had called on in my previous job like once i had kind of run out of my own capital and there were still all these opportunities i could see i called him up and go hey we had a great relationship you know here's what i'm doing would you have any interest he got in the car i drove him around to what i had been doing for the last year since i had left He invested. We were fast friends after that. Um, But that would have never happened had I not developed that relationship with him while I was working prior to. And you won't have a relationship with everybody and it could come from anywhere. But, you know, when you meet someone that, you know, you, you like, you may or may not have similar interests, whatever the case may be, yeah, foster that, you know, nurture that relationship because you never know, you know, where it where it's going to lead to or how it might pay off. Um, so, yeah, I would agree with you on the whole relationship front for sure.
0: And the last thing I think every successful person recognizes is that there's no the biggest mistake you can make is burning a relationship and you hear about that a lot people always say and i know for me it's not worth pissing someone off for an extra dollar or an extra 100,000 or an extra million it's always going to come back and bite you and i think you you can get away with that a lot more in the corporate world because it's we put a blanket over it someone does something yeah. wrong oh well it's okay there's excuses but i think when you're actually out on your own and everything that you're doing is based off of your success And people are watching and you built those relationships. You're only hurting yourself. So I think that's another thing I personally like about doing your own thing because when you call that out in the workplace, again, you're negative or you're told to be quiet. And in my opinion, it's just straight wrong. Yeah. And I know you and I talk about that all the time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, a lot of that is easier to walk away than to, you know, whether it be fight with someone or, and again, when you are on your own, I mean, it is all your reputation is all it is. And without it, you're going to, you're going to struggle because if you did something wrong there, it's going to get out and it's going to be talked about. And next thing, you know, like in my case, people don't want to invest with you because they heard this, that, the other, you know, whatever, whatever it, it could have been. But yeah, no, I would agree with that.
0: You have been, like I mentioned earlier, a great mentor to me. And I hope to be that resource to everyone out there that's listening as I continue to get older and grow. From your perspective, and I know he would never say this because he has a lot of humility, you're one of the best leaders I've had in my life. What are things that you've done, whether you think it's traits, things that you were born with, that you would say to young people who want to be more like you when they're older? I know for me, I aspire to do a lot of things, both professionally and personally, that you are. And... I do mirror some of the things that you do, but I just want you to be honest and not pimp yourself out. But I never really give you the opportunity and highlight how truly great you are as a mentor and a leader. And I think it's hard to find those people. So what advice or things that you do for people that want to be with you or want to find someone like you? Because I cannot express enough. And I know I've texted you before, like you have just completely changed my life and I want someone else to have that same opportunity.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I, I think the one thing that I kind of always have done is is just do be honest, like call it kind of how you see it, express how you're kind of the opposite of what the po- politics are of, of today, right? You you take accountability for what you do wrong, you apologize for it, you're you're honest and open about what you see, and you let everyone know that they're your views, you know, none of it's you know etched in stone. Um, I think as far as finding someone uh, there, again, look around or ask people for someone who's, you know, doing what you want to do. And again, I think once people have a certain level of success and time, they, they really enjoy, you know, helping other people. My oldest is just starting to get, he's going to get his real estate license and he's going to get with a, a large group uh, you know, it'd be on a team And the, the person that I hope will be his mentor, um, is, is a very successful realtor in our area. So, you know, what, what I hope she does for him is, is kind of what you and I have have talked about. Um, but that's what he needed to do. He needed, and, and if he couldn't do it, then he needed to find someone, you know, who could help him get to that person. So there may be one or two steps. There's a couple of people that I've met through my operations manager that they've asked her who i am there's one person in particular that listened to the podcast that i posted and then reached out to me and said hey can can we sit down and i had some questions for you and more often than not i'm i'm open to do that and then from there if they want more they have to do it one of the things i did tell my son which i would tell anybody is don't be afraid to reach out to these people and reach out to them a lot if you need to. They want to help you. They won't necessarily come to you, but you're not bothering them by asking questions or making phone calls or any of that stuff. And if you are, you're going to know it like but even if they don't return one call, you can call back. More often than not, you probably feel like you're bothering them, you're not. So that that would be my big thing. I mean, once you find someone, you know, keep keep pushing you're, you're not you're not bothering them. I mean like sometimes they don't have time or sometimes they don't get right back to you you know and, and a lot of people are a lot busier than I am so they may just have a busy schedule but they do want to help you they just need reminded that you still need to help because they may have moved on to something and you, if you don't call back until you know or if you don't go back ever that's going to be a problem but you call back the next day or send a text and say hey when I know you're busy whenever you're free, maybe they give you a time, lots of ways to do it. Um, But that would be my big thing. You know, you may have to go through a couple of people to seek out the person that is doing what you want to do, but just, you know, take those steps. And then once you reach out to them, you know, reach out to them a few times if you need to. And then once they allow you to ask them questions, don't feel like you're bothering them. Just continue to take as much as they're willing to give.
0: And this is where I'll think People like you can see when someone truly wants something and they're willing to work hard. And so I think, again, this is where I am for hard work because had I not had a good work ethic and the ability to put myself out there, I wouldn't have been introduced to people like you. But I do think that they're really, in, in my personal opinion, is no book, no course or anything that is as valuable as our relationship has been in my professional life. So I do think, and if you are listening to this podcast and I've had a guest on, feel free to reach out to me and I'll give you my, I'll give you their contact information. And I'll obviously I'll ask them first, but every single guest, pretty much every single guest I've had on this podcast would be more than willing to help anyone that reaches out. And if you're out there and you're scared, just take that leap. I mean, there's times that even today that I feel like I'm bombarding Mark because or Mark, I'm bom- that's his brother's name. I'm bombarding Mike because I ask him one million questions, but he never has been. From my opinion, he might get annoyed because <laughs> I blow up his phone. But he's <coughs> always like, "Okay, do this or calm down or whatever it is." So I do think it's good to have a sounding board, and for me, it's been helpful to have someone that's older, just because. I can get a little overzealous. And so sometimes I need someone that's really been through it to be like, okay, calm down. You're 10 steps ahead of where you are. So that's one thing too, that I really- Let's let's
1: hear it for the old people. (laughs)
0: Let's hear it for the (laughs) old people. I don't know. I don't talk about that a lot. And I know I interview and that is the intention behind it, but I was never told. I mean, you always hear about find a mentor, but how many people actually take the time out of their day? And for me- It's been the entrepreneurial type people who will take the time. And we always have this conception of they're busy or they can't do this. They can't do that. And it's like, no, they're the ones that have sat down with me. They're the ones that take my calls. They're the ones that will do a two-hour podcast. So it's just interesting to me how we sometimes put you all in a category when really they're the ones that want to help and share their knowledge. So. Thank you so much for being on another podcast. It'll probably be a monthly, weekly, whatever. we will bring him back. He's going to get sick of it. He is actually not that much of a talker. So I can tell when I force him on the podcast, it's getting him out of his comfort zone. But the final question, I hope you have something top of mind is, Mike, what are you grateful for today while you're in Florida?
1: You know, I'm grateful for this President's Day weekend. You know, the whole immediate family is coming down tonight. I think they get in at midnight. So we should have a good weekend. Weather looks perfect. So I'm grateful for that.
0: He's grateful (laughs) to go on his boat. Hard work pays off, even though everything we just told you, hard work pays off. All right, Right. done with the jokes. I am grateful for the opportunities in front of me this month has been super busy. The podcast has been kind of up and down, but things are starting to really take off. So I am super grateful for that. And as always grateful for each and every one of you that take the time out of your day to listen. So thank you all. And we'll talk to you next Monday.